Do you know what your partner's up to when you're away and they're all alone? No, what? They're listening to the Screw Podcast, of course. What's that? Mm, sit back, relax, and listen. You're all gasmatics. You're all gasmatics. Sneaking in the back door with dirty magazines. So your mother wants to know what all the stains on the jeans. And you're all gasmatics. Great. That should be good. good. Oh, well, yeah, that's, a, that's my cue to get going, right? <laughs> Thank you for tuning into the Screw Fuck you, Aaron. I hate you. <laughs> oh, we're totally leaving this intro. We're right? the most professional fucking podcast, okay? For sure. Thank for you sure. for listening to the Screw Podcast with Felicia Rose and her trusty, rusty sidekick. Ayla, what's up? <laughs> This week, we are wrapping up our discussion on queer sex education, queer education, queer information given to the youth, if you will. And we are joined by a lovely guest, Haley Laidlaw, who is a current middle and high school counselor and former teacher in Denver, Colorado. So thank you for coming onto the show and welcome, Haley. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here. It's so nice to talk to somebody that knows what they're talking about, as opposed to people like us pulling stuff out of our asses. So <laughs> we're very happy to have you. <laughs> yeah, we, we try fair and balanced reporting here at the Screw Podcast. Oh, like if yeah. We said- <laughs> yeah, first we talk a lot of shit. We tell you all sorts of misinformation. And then somebody comes and cleans up our mess. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. I'm, I'm a Scorpio, so like, you know what's up. Oh, uh, so you, know, yeah, you get it. All of my parents are Scorpios. So, oh, Jesus. I, like, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty intense. My parents are Pisces. <laughs> so, yeah, I understand. Water okay. sign. <laughs> uh, I'm a Sagittarius, but I'm right on that cusp of Scorpio. So, is that a thing? That's a thing, right? Yeah. Cusps. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. I'm, an Aqu- I'm an Aquarian on the cusp of Pisces. I'm like the last day of Aquarius. So, well, cuspy. I don't know shit about shit. <laughs> All right. I also don't know now about that queer sex ed. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, astrology Great is really segue. important to queer sex ed, I'm pretty sure. So I think so, too, yeah. <laughs> oh, me too. I mean, listen, <laughs> just the fact that, like, my sign is, like, a, a dude um, fucking a horse or on a horse or half a horse or dick of a horse <laughs> or something like that is very important to queer sex ed, so... Uh, I'm so glad we marked this as explicit content. Um, (laughs) Yeah, of course. Well, we are a sex podcast. We're not fucking fooling anybody with that. Yeah, bestiality is just breakfast. Get over it, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. That's Um, it's been a day. Hey, I don't think we've really hit that particular topic yet on the show. No, that'll be next month. Things that you can go to jail (laughs) for. There you go. There you go. Breakfast topics. Yes, breakfast of champions right there. (laughs) I love it. Well, thank you for coming on, Haley. And um, I don't necessarily know where we're going to start with questions, but I do know Aaron has a whole slew of them for you. So take it away, Aaron. Oh, that's beautiful. So, oh, there's all sorts of good segues. So, you know what? I'm going to go off of, because, you know, it's fun to bounce around, the the segue topic of bestiality, because bestiality <laughs> is a problem of, of, oh, no, I'll bring you there, I promise, <laughs> is an issue of 
of consent, right? And one of the documents we were looking over in, in these things that we kind of liked was um, this concept on consent. And my question around this is really like, in your experience, have you seen this like educated on well, or is this just kind of, we're looking at the materials and the most wishful thinking, or do you think this is a conversation that's actually starting to happen uh, with the youths? Yeah. Um, that's a great question. Um, so I just want to make one thing clear. I was specifically not a sex ed teacher. No, so, that's fine. Yeah, just want to make sure. I'm that... asking from the, the kind of perspective of like a, a queer educator who is like yeah. definitely un- understanding and, and sensitive to these topics, like, you know, and like kind of what you heard through the grapevine kind of thing or what you feel about the culture around this. Yeah. Do you feel this is something younger people are starting to understand because we've always talked about this like you know you can't like explain consent after it's already a problem Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) you know it's it's too late yeah (laughs) absolutely um yeah i just wanted to to say that for listeners so um you know that my this isn't necessarily my expertise like sex ed but queer shit is so gotcha yeah um, yeah, we're gonna <laughs> tick all of your all of your um, you know <laughs> uh, qu- qualities and abilities. We're gonna use all of them. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so yeah, being someone who grew up in Colorado schools, I can tell you that when I was growing up, um, I graduated high school in 2013, and my sex ed was fucking zero. Wow. Like, mm. truly nothing. Like, we had we had a week, I remember, in fifth grade where we kind of talked about, like, periods and stuff like that. And, like, they segregated Man. the classroom by gender. It's like, girls sat on this yeah. side, boys sat on... Yeah, which was, like, pretty common. Um, I don't think that happens so much anymore. I fucking hope it doesn't, uh, but it might. Well, it's interesting because one of the documents we were reading, it looks like they only started kind of penning this, some of this stuff into policy and legislation in like 2013, mm-hmm. which would have been the year you graduated. Yeah. <laughs> so ugh, too bad for me. Uh, l- luckily, right. luckily, my parents are uh, were really great and That's I awesome. got pretty good education from them. But yeah, it's definitely, um, I sort of was looking at those policies along like tangential to you because I was kind of digging them up and I was like oh that's cool I'm like I didn't even know that it was so explicit with a lot of this language um because mm-hmm. it is uh especially like the 2019 ones mm-hmm. uh, that's pretty new yeah. and it got better with each iteration we seemed to yeah as we were complaining as as about it, it it then changed as we were reading the documents we we're like this <laughs> yeah. sucks and we're like, oh, this yeah. is actually not so bad you know yeah um so yeah that's encouraging to see i will say that the pandemic has i think probably uh, so like these policies are made right and then they usually don't go into action till like a year or two later and right. so 2019 was the most recent one pandemic hit who knows what the fuck happened mm. um probably not a lot i mean i think by just looking at uh like 
pregnancy statistics and that we can know that just in general in the country, not a lot's been right. happening. Um, and I do right. think the pandemic is part of that. But yeah, there's definitely a shift in culture and education. And I think that many school districts are focusing more, um, you know, early, even in, you know, I was delighted to see that there was stuff for like kindergarten. Uh, mm. So that was that was encouraging to see. I am not sure how much accountability there is for mm, okay. sex educators. That was going to be that was going to be one of my questions. Like, what is the checks and balances to see if these policies? Because we know even in regular jobs, you know, there's policies, but half the people don't know them, or it hasn't been implemented yet, or or they're doing it, but they're you know, doing whatever they're comfortable with or whatever portion of it. So I was wondering if like, how are they making sure this is actually happening? Right. <laughs> yeah. So there are, man, you know, I should have looked up. So um, in Denver Public Schools, there is a framework and this is, there's a similar one across the district or across the country um, after No Child Left Behind. Teachers are evaluated on certain standards, some of those standards you read. Mm -hmm. So they are evaluated. I will say that, so sex education, health education in general falls um, generally into like PE teachers' hands. Not like the science department. Not in Denver. It's a lot of time. It's the physical uh, education. I mean, I've, yeah. I've heard that many times. Like, it's kind of very old school on some level. My my PE teacher taught me, but like, you know, I mean, I, I went to, you know, school in many different states, but one of them definitely like was held down that this was going to be part of every, you know, science curriculum that it made sense for, whether it was biology class or or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. that the insurance was somewhere that they were going to get this information. But when I got to high school, it was like, if you didn't take this specific science class, you were not getting this sex education. Mm -hmm. It was not going to be, it was not going to be a part of what you knew because there was no kind of standard or follow-up, you know, yeah. back in the day. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I'm, you know, probably graduated high school or didn't graduate high school, uh, like a good, what, like 15 years before you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was like very interesting to hear like about, <laughs> you know, these changes and like, you know, cause it is like the culture of like everybody, whatever abbreviated version of non-comprehensive sex I do had, it's like boys and girls giggling in the background when something considered risque for the time was brought up even, you know, like penis mm -hmm. you know and everybody's giggling and you're like but you're in ninth grade why are you giggling at penis mm -hmm. and it's because there is no right. comfortability that's kind of like acculturated with starting at an earlier age i mean we know from human psychology and human sex that you know there's different levels of maturity for kids at what they can handle and you pick an age appropriate one so they're not left stupid yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's no better way to say it. Yeah, you know? and like, the, like kids be acting stupid all the time. Like, uh, I've I've <laughs> primarily worked with middle schoolers, so that is mm -hmm. it's 
own bag, uh, for sure. So what, what age is that in middle school? Like, so that's like ages like 11 to 14. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's a very awakening time period. Yeah. Um, very boundary pushing time. Um, uh-huh. Back to the question. I think that uh, I will say in my experience, so like physical education is considered an elective, even though students do have to take it, but it's under the elective umbrella. And, uh-huh. you know, there's no state standardized testing or anything like that for electives, which I could go on and on about standardized testing. So, um, (laughs) but that's usually how teachers are like quote unquote held accountable, right? Is like test scores. So I'm not really sure how, like how that looks for a physical education teacher. I saw their tracking sheet, but it seemed to be like, this kind of only makes sense. Like there was nowhere on there saying like what kind of department within the school should be accountable. There was like, you know, nothing that was really about reporting. It was just kind of about a checklist kind of situation. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and I mean, I think, you know, it becomes interesting because when we're trying, you know, to talk about like things like a consent-based culture, you know, it's like, can you turn to an eighth grader and say the word consent and have them understand you know, age appropriately, what that means, mm-hmm. right. you know, like that's, I'm like, those are the changes I'm like hoping to see from like some of these kinds of policies. Right. I only left the classroom, uh, meaning I only stopped being a teacher this past year. Um, this is my first mm-hmm. year, uh, not being a classroom teacher. And I will say that even in my five years or so that I had teaching, I did see a shift in the use of language from students, Mm -hmm. which was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I wonder about how and where they found this language. I feel like it's not necessarily from reliable sources a lot of the time, especially post-pandemic, you know, like all the kids were just like on TikTok. And there's a, there's a lot of great stuff on TikTok and there's a lot of shitty stuff. And I did definitely, I would say the like 2021 school year, I heard the word consent being kind of circulated a lot, but inappropriately. Uh, like like ways. So so this this is, is, you know, know, that that age age group, 11 11 to 14, 14, like not like it's like a joke, right? It's like, I didn't give sis- consent for them to talk to me, like like that kind of stuff. Like, right, sure. I don't give you consent, teacher, to look at me. You know, like, oh, good Lord. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. I get you. So um, <laughs> that like challenging the boundary of what this means, which yeah. also is kind of age appropriate, yes. right? Like, sure. You know, and the hope is that they understand at the core what that means yes. right you know and there you know we haven't normalized that conversation yet so it's still i think awkward for people whether yeah, you know they're yeah it, you know i would say mocking is like the first step that that kids that are testing boundaries do right it's like you mock it you make fun of it you throw it in people's faces inappropriately and hopefully the word you know hopefully they go back and actually ponder like okay well i'm being a dick about this but at the end of the day 
does this, is this something that I'm actually taking into consideration in, in, in situations where it's appropriate to actually think about consent? Mm-hmm. Hopefully. I mean, little kids are little shits though. So it's one of the, <laughs> yeah, Sorry, I know you deal with them on a daily basis. So. <laughs> yeah. It's well, yeah. That kind of leads me to another question. Like as a queer educator, you know, has one ever experienced like, uh, you know, and everybody's out at different levels at work, you know, and like that's certainly understandable and this may not apply to you, but like, you know, there's, there's certainly queer students. I remember always like trying to find that teacher I thought was queer just so I could say something, just so I could talk about something queer for a fucking second, mm-hmm. you know, most of like our life and education is so heteronormative. It feels you spend most of the time feeling in a weird other place. So it's like, you kind of tune out. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, and I, I'm, I'm curious if you've ever like had experience or heard of the experience of like, you know, a, a queer student trying to talk, you know, to a queer educator about this and like kind of stuff and what kind of comfortability you think they would have, or do, does the culture of the school system still make that like a, no, 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 no. <laughs> you like, you shouldn't talk to students about that at all. You know, I know political values play, but you know, what we're talking about employment, I certainly understand the, the restriction there as well. Yeah. But I'm just like, I'm, I'm curious if it seems like, you know, very, like, oh my God, if I, if I have this conversation on the side and anybody finds out I'm in danger of Mm -hmm. losing my job kind of stuff. So that was definitely, I think kind of a narrative that was fed to me as someone like when I was getting my degree and going through the program of becoming a teacher, it was big, like, Never share your political beliefs. Never, you know, that kind of thing. And of then I, like, got into schools and I was like, fuck that shit. Like, I, I'm, yeah. I'm like, I have, I'm at a school that is, like, 98% Latine. I need to make sure my students know I didn't vote for Donald fucking Trump, you know? Right, right. Like, right. if I want them to have even an iota of respect for me, like... I need right. to make that Hell clear. Yeah. And I've always felt pretty supported in Denver public schools during the time I worked there in that regard. Mm. I also will say that I was a little less, I guess, fearful of like parent pushback because many of the parents that I worked with our immigrants, many of them are undocumented and they just have a very different relationship to the school and to like authority sure. figures, um, especially um, from the countries they're from. So it, there's just not as much of a like challenge sure. culture there. Sure. So there's pros and cons to that, you know. So you, what you're saying is the the white bitches are the assholes. Yes. Like, yeah. What when yeah. if it's a, if it is a, if it is if I'm speaking with a white child, that's when I feel uh, nervous. Right. I, no, I was gonna I've, say I've that, that would probably be when I would be on my on guard the most. Like, ah, yep. shit. So mama or papa or mamas or papas are gonna come in and like fucking you know, Karen and Ken the fuck out of you, you know, and that's, I've heard that story, even amongst professors in college that deal with white kids, parents, all the way up through the college level, Mm -hmm. you know, like, 
this is some sort of like I mean we know what it is we know like privilege is influencing that obviously but like you know I I would be scared you know I I would be I always say like when I've been out smoking pot like I'm always looking for white women with babies because I feel like they're the first ones that are gonna fucking tell the cops that motherfucker or they're like the most policing kind of demographic in some ways Mm -hmm. so that does make me nervous yeah (laughs) as well yeah, I would I would just say like kind of going back to the question again. Um, We're good at detracting. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I have terrible ADHD. I mean, my ADHD is awesome, but it's intense. You're, um, you're, you're doing <laughs> way better than we do. <laughs> um, yeah. So I sort of always like kind of have it in my mind of like what's like if this does blow back like with parents or whatever I know that I am providing students accurate and safe information and I am not doing anything detrimental to them by providing information and if you are a person who thinks that is wrong I don't care so (laughs) too bad so sad i don't know and um (laughs) you know like frequently with uh queer children especially you know like at this age a lot of them like aren't even out to their parents so the conversations we have are they definitely aren't sharing them especially um you know students of color and stuff um yeah of course so that it, it is scary. I will say I came out as transgender, non-binary at the end of 2020, kind of. I'd been, I wasn't like hiding my sexuality before then really, but I definitely didn't express it. Like if, you know. Sure. But And also I look the way I look, like... For listeners, I have which is a fucking, awesome. Yeah, I'm really cool looking. Um, and <laughs> like <laughs> we I, we I all look, are. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like very visibly queer. So it's like even before I came out, it was like students who I'd never met would just like come up to me, and I'm like, hey, I don't know you. You're obviously gay, and that's why you're talking to me. Right. <laughs> and, and, uh, but so, uh, yeah, it was coming coming out at work was pretty scary, honestly. And I did not have support from my school leadership team at all. It's frankly a really hostile environment. Bummer. So, Bummer. I'm so sorry. Yeah. It was, I mean, it's very performative so they would you know on the face they would say like oh yeah we support everyone meanwhile they still (laughs) they didn't desegregate lunch by gender until last year so i'm like really and that's like was segregated by gender yeah. That's some 1950s shit right there. Fucking right. I came in, at, like, when I started at the school, I was like, so can you, exp-? because I worked at a, a different school. Well, I worked at a school that was closed, that was literally the exact in the exact same building, so exact same population. My 
first school didn't do that. And I was like, hey, why do we do this? And they were like, oh, no, it's just how we always do it. I'm like, okay, but why? Oh, because we're helping the system ensure gender roles remain in place. Yeah, I'm like, what, you think they're going to, like, and they're like, well, we let, you know, non-binary kids, if they want to move, they can get up and move if they raise their hand. I'm like, okay, so they just have to, like, fucking out themselves out to themselves. everyone in the lunchroom? <laughs> right. So, oh my God. yeah, I mean, that is, I would still say in that sort of mindset that it's still, schools are very performative. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I understand. I was going to actually ask about that because I was wondering, I know a lot of, I mean, I'm very old, but back in the day, sometimes <laughs> they would separate the classes by gender for sex, sexual education or health class or whatever the hell it is. And I was wondering, you know, how... Colorado, for example, handled that. And it sounds like probably, I don't know, actually, why don't you answer that for me? <laughs> as far as I know, there's no policies that state explicitly that you can't. I think it is, you know, like told to us as best practice to not separate students by gender in general. You know, that's something that is told. Um, and definitely feedback that I think most teachers receive and it happens all the time still like oh, boys versus that. girls and not necessarily like in sex education but like in math class like we're playing a game boys on this side girls on that side and uh, oh yeah and PE so we were archaic. always segregated yeah that's you, so you would be playing the same sport, but like have to be like, okay, the boys are playing soccer over here and the girls are playing soccer over there. Mm -hmm. You're like, what is this? Re is this real? Yeah. Is this still really real? It's still, <laughs> it's still really real. And yeah. Shit, man. MTV real world was on television back then. <laughs> I thought we were going to learn. Like I know. <laughs> I was sitting here praising how fucking progressive Colorado school system was. And you know, here I am finding but out. It but that's be. the thing. I mean, like you're always connecting things. Like, we got two things, right? You have, like, policymakers who are, are very, you know, oftentimes good intention and in saying, you know, maybe in, especially around sex education, working with public health leaders to say, what is the best way to, like, try to, like, curb some of these, like, numbers in our stats, right? Whether it be rape or unwanted pregnancy or whatever, right? Or STIs, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're looking at those things and saying, well, we clearly need to shift the policy and everybody's been saying for fucking decades it needs to be younger it needs to be fucking more comprehensive and so on and so forth but like then you're backing up against like you know the kind of whole social construct problem that is like still very prevalent in how power like divides us and segregates us and takes away our ability to feel connected to one another you have them saying yeah but you know like why don't we just like wait and see, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And, like, you know, if, if, if people start demanding it, maybe we'll do it. But like, but more importantly, like they, there is this kind of like purposeful, like defiance sometimes on the ground because what is it? Informed people like see the world differently. Right. Mm -hmm. And information is a huge source of power. That's why education is so contentious, like especially on the local level, like what values, which is not what education is about, <laughs> but that gets like inserted in the conversation. What values do we want our school district to have? Mm -hmm. And like, you know, and what resources and then, you know, 
how much information are we giving? And, you know, there's some pretty dumb fucking school districts out there that create dumb fucking people that grow up to be dumb fucking adults. And some of them have power and some of them don't. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, 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 you know, that ends up being tied to what their family was like and what later access they had, right? Yeah. I, I, you know, and I think, you know, thank you for sharing, you know, like this is, you know, the reality is, is, you know, there are a lot of good intention people around like, let's do policy or whatever, but like implementing it and then actually having, you know, it be a effective program, you know, it takes so long to get these things passed and get support around them. And then like, well, you're not even evaluating if the program is effective. You're just so happy it fucking is there, <laughs> you know, because yeah. you, you fought that long for it, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Like, thank you for also sharing your experience with, with coming out there because, you know, I mean, again, in the 90s, I can't m- remember how many stupid TV movies or whatever were about, like, queer educators that were outed and then terminated or even worse, you know, like, essentially lynched out of town, mm-hmm. you know? And so, like, you know, it it's unfortunate that still today it does seem like such a, you know intense thing to do like there is some personal risk that you're putting on the table so you know that that's amazing thank you (laughs) yeah yeah it's yeah it's definitely a lot I was very reticent to do it for a long time um but I was um inspired by I took a class um for uh it, it was literally called Queering Education. Um, the professors oh, yeah. were fucking amazing. Um, so cool. Um, but I did a reading, and they had an excerpt out of... Uh, it, they were talking about the harm of, like, cis-normativity in schools and, you know, like, how serious it can be and uh, talked about, briefly, Matthew Shepard and sort of ended on a quote from Matthew Shepard's mother a couple years after his murder, she did a call to come out. So Mm. it was, she specifically like asked for adults to like come out because if there were, she was like, maybe if there were more healthy, like, you know, we role could, models, yeah, role models, representations, yeah. yeah, right, representation, yeah. And I was like, God damn it, it yeah, it just like really hit me, and I, and I was like, yeah, I really see like how much, like I was that that kid, like you were saying, like looking out at like, I'm like, oh, I think that teacher might have tattoos, like, <laughs> right, right, <laughs> totally, and totally. I was like, you know, I, I'm basically like have a flag on me all the time so uh, <laughs> like I'll just I'll just do it and yeah it really even though it was difficult with uh, my actual the adults that I worked with the children ha- that I worked with at the time were just fucking incredible like they really they really were like they the kids are way better than adults so well, they haven't been fucked up by all this, like, you know, constructs yet, right? It hasn't yeah. really seeped into their brains, all that robotic training that we learn around these things, mm-hmm. you know? And that is, like, the crux of what you were saying, you know? I've never 
really been like, oh, you know, you have to come out because like, you know, I think that there's a lot of risk for a lot of people and like, you know, feeding yourself and keeping a roof over your head is definitely like very important. So I would never ask somebody to sacrifice that for like coming out or like if they're in threat of violence or anything like that. However, you know, it is always like, where do we start in, in, I don't even want to say normalizing, but de-shaming like queer for young people. Mm-hmm. So they don't fit, so they don't have to go through that same category of stress and trauma that a lot of us have had gone to, mm-hmm. you know, and I do still think very much so information is an important part of that, yeah. especially from somebody that they trust, like an educator or, or, or somebody they identify with, like, you know, and we've put this like weird little barrier around young minds because it is politicized. Mm-hmm. How much we teach people is how much they will reject the current systems and constructs that we have, mm-hmm. <laughs> which many people definitely don't want to change, right? Yeah. So, you know, I think it's tough because when they are young, they always get it. They mm-hmm. always get they it. They always get it. I remember being it. in high school and middle school and just being intrigued and interested with our teachers spouses or relationships or partners or you know I remember trying to you know giggling with my friends and being like is she gay is she queer is is this teacher gay is he queer you know and in in an inquisitive way not in a you know we want to out you and shame you just more so like just just general intrigue I remember one of my teachers was proposed to over the intercom for example so I think it's so fucking cool to have (laughs) I think it's so cool to have a teacher whether you came out you know more recently or not like you said you are you know you have a flag on you so I think it's so cool to see that representation be expressed in in a school setting where whether you say it or not kids are like oh, okay i'm not alone here you know i think that's such a fucking yeah. beautiful yeah. thing whether they come to you and they ask you questions or they just look at you from afar and they're like i i know i know i know mm-hmm. and you don't know but i know and you know all of yeah. that i i think it's just it's beautiful so i personally like want to thank you for being that for students just because i i know i would have appreciated it in in my high school or middle school experience you know thanks yeah um do you know um in general did like you know i know this is something that was like big in college and i think felicia and i implemented one at our college but like the kind of safe zone like project education with like the teachers putting the the signs on the door if they're comfortable to talk or you know that it's okay to talk to them about who you are kind of thing. I I don't know if that ever seeped into the high school and like younger levels. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely did. (sighs) So I'll say (laughs) at my school that I worked at the majority of my time as a teacher. So I started the first, our school's first GSA, Gay Straight Alliance. Um, Nice. We, changed the name to be more inclusive because that's mm. weird. So yeah, yeah, yeah. we called it <laughs> yeah. we called it Hope Club. We just, we just, what was that? Hope Club. So it's oh, nice. for human rights, open mindedness, pride and equity. And kids came up with that. Oh that's way. awesome. Oh, nice. Yeah. So we started it like that's how we got changes for like desegregating lunch and that kind of stuff. And Beautiful. The safe zone stuff wasn't really like a school. 
there was like I think like the counselors like the social worker had it like on her door maybe but okay. I I noticed I was like hey no one really has anything signifying that they're like a safe person to talk to so I went through like all this work of like I made and there was also lots of problems with it still blows my mind that kids say that's gay I'm like <laughs> so, wait that's still a fucking thing yeah, I know. Oh my god, <laughs> I know. That's uh, so gay, sorry. right? <laughs> <laughs> but not in a good, not, in, not good gay. Okay, yeah, not not good gay. And like, yeah. So, and I got this little like I made these little like hand books for like when you hear like homophobic comments in the hallways. Here's how you can address them. Like, and nice. I remember putting them in. It, I guess it was probably like 40 teacher mailboxes and I saw them there like until, so that was like 2019. I saw some of them there still when I left in 2022. Oh, Jesus Christ. Man. That's depressing. So, yeah. I'm but like even more of a reason for the existence of teachers, you know, identifying safe spaces that they're a safe person to, come out to counselors, whoever, you know, that's even more of a reason why what you did is so freaking important. Seriously. Yeah, I agree. And it's something that, you know, that, you know, people need to keep pushing for, you know, like, you know, I, <laughs> and my like thing is like, you know, if there's all these queer couples who are having kids and raising kids now, like, like start joining your local school boards and start influencing some of the way these discussions are happening. Cause most of it is like not anywhere near where we need to be, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, and like, first of all, would start with like helping the culture of the educators feel comfortable actually being queer and out at work, you know, mm-hmm. and not, not, not fearing their employment is at stake for these kind of things. And then like, don't you want the other little kids not to be fucking bullying your little kids? This doesn't happen until everybody is kind of normalized into the idea that this ain't a thing. Mm-hmm. Not like <laughs> the world is heavily queer. Yeah. It just is. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and I one thing I I will say is I'm not I, I wonder about how much of a part like pandemic played into mm-hmm. it, but kids these days are fucking gay. <laughs> like it is yeah. like, like they're doing TikTok. <laughs> yeah. And they're they're so like uh you know last year when uh i was running hope club i just remember being amazed by you know we started every meeting with a connection circle and we introduced ourselves with our names and pronouns and just like how many kids are like any pronouns whatever and i'm like that is so fucking sick. Like, I'm that's, like, that's so cool. I'm, like, they're like, gender is so fake. Like, like you are like, gender is so 2019, bitch. Like, yeah. let's go. <laughs> they're like, I, I don't know what that is. They're like, whatever. And I was just like, that is so fucking cool. And there's just, I, the increase I've seen in that is huge. Um, and something to be celebrated, I think, and makes me feel hopeful. That's uh, awesome. See, boots on the ground. That's the best kind of way to get information. Like, you know, it's that's actually, you know, it's encouraging. 
you know, and I mean, I've always said my hope for the human race and like my worry is like how technologically connected everybody <laughs> is these days. But, you know, for those that are like savvy and young, like your connection to information is way more available than it ever has been. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, a lot of it is shit information. <laughs> but, you know, you're at least getting exposed to things, right? Yeah. And some of, it is, some of it is awful, sure, you know? And it's definitely, that's very different from, like, previous generations. Your easy access to pornography and unrealistic ideas about sex and people is definitely also there influencing you more than it influenced us. But you, we used to have to walk into a library and like go and do the Dewey Decimal shit and like try to find out the one book they had in the dusty section. And of course it was just labeled homosexuality. Mm -hmm. and like, yeah. <laughs> Listen, looking up, to... <laughs> looking up chlamydia in an encyclopedia just hits different. It does. I just aged me real quick. <laughs> yeah. like, like going onto my word processor and typing in like ejaculate and then giggling at the definition that it was that's a whole thing i did so it's interesting yeah. you know the proximity to information and what comes of that some of it's bad some of it's good but also like you said just exposure in general can be very helpful even again it's yeah. not always good exposure but the exposure's there and it's like this <sighs> exists just the acknowledgement yeah. of exit you know how many I feel like even just a few years back, I heard so many stories of I, I've never heard of, of, you know, trans people before I live in the Midwest, that wasn't a thing. And it's just like, that's a that's a reality that a lot of people face that don't have access to said exposure, if you will, to the existence of anything beyond their little right. bubble. So it's it's pretty, it's pretty gnarly. It's it's interesting both ways. You know, my question yeah. is, because of the different roles you've had within the school system, have you had kids come to you and ask you specifically like sex education things that they were lacking the knowledge of or do you think that it's just the general awkwardness of it in that age group would keep kids from doing that um oh i was approached about it frequently um and wow. am approached about it frequently and i think i think i give off good vibes i was told by a child today that um i'd only met once before in passing that they trust me with their life and i was like cool thank you <laughs> instant, uh, chill. yeah. I was instant like, chills right now oh, I was my, like, god. oh my god thank you i would cry <laughs> i would have been like <laughs> and i trust you <laughs> yeah you know i've had it so in the classroom setting it's a lot different i taught um English language development, which is an interesting subject. So I worked with non-native English speakers primarily and, um, you know, build up their English language skills. Um, so mm -hmm. we kind of talked about everything because the content is language, not. Right. So, you know, I was always like very open to um, like to questions and a lot of times so, you know, I'd get a lot of, like, boys raising their hand and asking super silly questions, like, what happens when someone wants to stick a penis in your butt, but you have to poop? And it's like, and it's like, <laughs> that's a great question. Yeah. And like, like raising their hands, they get loud in front of the class and I'd be like, okay. I was like, do you, do you want 
to talk about this? Is this what you want to talk about? Because I will. Right. I will. I'm like, I can talk about, I was like, I can talk about poop, pee, butts, penises, vagina. Like that was like my, like my day one, like speech. I was like, here is your time to like get some questions out. Um, So, you know, there was a lot of that. And most of the time, like as soon as they were like, oh, they're going to actually say those words. I'm freaking out now because it was, right. you know, boundary pushing. To be pr- provocative. Yeah. 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 It, it mostly, mostly boys. Um, that would have been me in your class, by the way. I would have definitely asked a provocative question. And like honestly, <laughs> like, I, I have, I, I love those kids. I'm like, you are such a pain in my ass but you're you're so legitimately funny also so like i have to appreciate it i'm like you're yeah. completely derailing the class but that was really funny so i'll yeah. give you that one i'll give yeah. you that one yeah. <laughs> um uh but yeah uh i mean recently uh in my counseling role um it's come up a lot more i think because i am having more private conversations um, right and it just kind of so happened that very recently like less than a week ago i was speaking with a non-binary student and they i was like you know like what's what's on your mind you know what's going on and they were like really feeling bad about they were like i'm having these like intrusive thoughts these horrible things and i'm like oh you know like you know i'm like feelings about like hurting yourself or you know because they 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 said like oh like these really graphic thoughts and like we talked about some of that stuff before and they were like no they're like it's like sex stuff and i was like (laughs) oh i was like okay and they were like isn't that weird and i was like no you're 13 (laughs) but it was really and it's gonna get worse like that is literally what i i said to them i was like my dear i was like let me tell you i'm like but it was interesting they kept saying like they said a couple times they were like i'm only 13 i have no right to be having these thoughts and I thought that was so it was really sad Mm -hmm. Uh, I was like that's so interesting and I was like why do you not have a right and they were like well it's for adults I'm like tell me more and you know I talked about I was like first of all your classmates you have classmates who are having sex they might be in the bathroom right now it's more than that would have also been me that would have also been me and you know and they were i think also kind of struggling with um some like by erasure also because they're non-binary and we're like well i'm kind of like identified as a lesbian but sometimes i think about boys and i'm uh, and i'm like yeah it happens i'm like like, it it happens i'm like it might i'm like this might stick around it might not i'm like the cool thing about our identities is that they change all the time and we're the only people in charge of them so uh beautiful so yeah it's so that was from like a 13 14 year old so that told me a little bit about you know how much education they've had 
And, you know, I asked, I was like, do you talk about sex at home? And they were like, well, I don't have a reason to. I'm like, (laughs) yes, you do. Yes, you do. I'm like, (laughs) clearly you do. Like, (laughs) um, so I was like, all right, I'm just going to text you some videos when you get home, watch them with headphones on if you want, just like, you know, some like kind of like basic crash course stuff. And I was like, and then we'll kind of like go into this deeper, you know, later, but it's, I'm like, I promise we're not wrong to be having sexual thoughts at the age of 13. <laughs> right, right. I mean, that's the thing, you know, I always find in conversations, people think and say things like this. And then I immediately say, were you not 13? Mm-hmm. Or like, are you d- just denying the whole reality of like your history in, in terms of these subjects? Like, I think people get instantly nervous that when you talk about a child's sexuality, you're implying that there's some sort of sexualness to a child. And it's like, right. there, there's these are mutually exclusive thoughts here. Like these have nothing to do with one another. Children well, are sexual beings. It doesn't mean that you're sexually attracted to children just by acknowledging that. I think that's a big fear of pe- that people have is like, if I talk about kids thinking about sex, it's like, weren't you a kid though? Didn't yeah. you have these thoughts? Like, don't, exactly. what, what the fuck? You know, people get very nervous and, about this topic. And there's no line in the sand for like that particular individual. You know, I like was obviously like what some would call way more precocious, like early awakenings, early acknowledgement of my body and like the things that felt good or that I was curious about, you know, and mm-hmm. it was definitely ahead of most of my classmates just from conversation on the schoolyard. They didn't knew jack shit. Mm-hmm. And yes, my, my parents were very open and educating me about sex and like, you know, didn't discourage me from exploring it on myself for whatever age was appropriate, you know, mm-hmm. and like, those conversations are supposed to evolve as the child leading, not the adult leading and telling you, no, you can't think about this until you're 13 or 14 or 18, you know, like if you're already thinking about it, how do you like, you know, like, you know, whether you're 12 or 14, it's kids are going to come at some of these kind of feelings at different times. Hormones are incredibly unreliable. Mm-hmm. So, like, Well, we all you know, know what kids do when you tell them not to do something. It's just 13 fold after that. Like, yeah. Right, exactly. They're like, well, I wasn't thinking about sex, but now that you told me not to, now. I'm going yeah, right. to. Because it sounds like something everybody else is thinking about. You How know? would they not like, realize that yet? Like, you know, yeah. you don't talk about sex and I know nothing about it. So now I'm going to go out and do it. And end up pregnant or with STIs or in a uncomfortable, like, like traumatizing situation, which Mm -hmm. is a lot, especially for queer kids, Mm -hmm. a lot of the experience of coming through the sexuality process is like ending up in huge power differential relationships or, or situations or like not even, you know, fuck conversation about consent. Like I'm not even allowed to be who I am. So, like, you know, how do I understand myself in the context of deserving this consent conversation? You know, mm-hmm. we're, like, so many steps behind in that de-shaming process for young individuals, especially queer individuals, to get to understand and explore their sexuality. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm already dealing with that I'm not thinking 
about the right person or the right gender or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like, how am I supposed to actually be healthy around this and feel good about myself in it? And like hearing you have that kind of conversation is like, oh, you're, you're a godson. I'm an atheist, but you're a godson. <laughs> <laughs> you're a queer godson. You know, so like, it's kind of like, you know, those are the things I, you know, would love to see there be a culture for letting happen, you know, and, and, you know, politically speaking, you know, <laughs> I'm like, fuck it, we have to take care of our community and figure it out amongst ourselves, because we're letting institutions, if we let them do it, we're gonna keep seeing young traumatized queer kids, and they're not going to like, have that opportunity of of a real chance at happiness on many levels and fuck happiness pleasure you know Mm -hmm. like pleasure is tied to happiness is it not (laughs) yeah you know already at shame for identity now we have to be at shame for our idea of considering pleasure Mm -hmm. you know yeah for sure for sure uh this has been an awesome conversation felicia rose Oh yeah, I know. It was, this is my, my only, I only have like, I feel like you answered everything in a very like, you know, honest way where it's sort of up to the teacher in a lot of the, in a lot of senses, as far as like, especially in these one-on-ones, you know, most of the time, if a kid is coming to have a one-on-one convo, they're probably not going to like report you upward to somebody in in any, not that you would need to be, but it sounds like, you know, you can kind of, as a teacher, especially in, in, you know, these, these cities and whatnot, you can have sort of your own judgment when it comes to speaking to kids. And I, I, I guess I never realized that because in my head, I'm just thinking about teachers that would never dare have those conversations with me. But yeah. there are teachers that have identified, hey, I'm a safe space. You can come chit chat with me about whatever you want to talk about how to put a condom on because the health class didn't really go over it properly. Let's do that. Here's what a dental dam is. You know, like that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. It's it's kind of groundbreaking in my head because I always think of it as teachers aren't allowed to talk about ki- talk to kids about anything, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's very um, enlightening to hear that you're able to have these you know, one-on-one convos, that, especially now, obviously, but even before where, you know, students trusted you and you trusted the students, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's about, you know, it's kind of like a buzzword, I guess, but it's like, it's about relationship building. And, but I mean, it it is. And, um, you know, definitely varies teacher by teacher. You know, sometimes it's good that it's left up to the teacher. Sometimes I'm like, Yikes! Who's holding them accountable? You know, like right, right. Uh, it's like right. I subbed for this class, and I can tell things are not great going on in here. Um, <laughs> so, I'm like the vibes are bad, y'all. Um, so yeah, it's it it, and p- honestly, part of why I left teaching classroom teaching. Um, is because I did feel stifled by the education system. Like mm. I did not have time at all to spend with students like I do now because I was bogged down by just so much bullshit, like standardized testing, you know, like just like grading, like all this stuff that truly does not matter. Like, right. Right. like especially in middle school, I'm like, 
this shit does not matter. It does not matter. And it was, it was harmful for me to see this need, like, gosh, kids need like a lot of this kind of stuff. And I'm an adult, but I don't have, I have 120 students I'm seeing every day Mm. and having, you know, one-on-one conversations with them is that takes up the 45 minute break I get the entire day. That must be heartbreaking to not be able to do more in that setting. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it, it felt, yeah, it felt really bad to like not be able to do that stuff. Um, so it's partially why I left and I'm really grateful to work in an organization I work in now that is, I have a lot of support and I have a lot of autonomy in these kind of like conversations. Um, and awesome. I'm a trusted professional, uh, which is rare. <laughs> um, I right. feel like right. I was going to say, <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't seem like given the way like a lot of this, you know, even in some of the the materials that we were reading, there is this just like nervousness in general of like making sure we cover up our bases, mm-hmm. and almost like a, a liability worry in which yes. they don't they don't trust you all to understand what is appropriate. Like giving like examples of what is appropriate and not appropriate to say for an educator who yeah. is like already understands that is showing you really how much you think of them yeah right. you yeah. already got the job you should already be trusted with <laughs> right. information exactly. yeah. it's kind of and a you backward situation you don't that. see that happen in a lot of other kind of professionalized settings other than teaching like it is kind of like a very unique neutering they try to do to teachers yeah yeah it's it, it's pretty wild how yeah, just not trusting me to do my fucking job. It's like, well, I'm here every day. Like, um, <laughs> like, right. uh, you know, but shout um, out to the teachers. Yeah, shout out to teachers. Fuck? Yeah, You're awesome. Thank you for teaching. Thank you. I do my best. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, that's what I was going to say is just thank you. It's so fucking cool to, you know, again, I, I forget that the, the next generation of teachers are people even younger than myself. So it's so cool to see what this, you know, what kids have access to out there is just exactly what I fucking needed. So I don't know. I just, and way, way cooler so thank you for teaching. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. That's very kind. <laughs> Uh, Felicia, I realize we're so used to like telling people like, "Hey, pimp yourself out." Where 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 can people find you? Oh right. Like, well, I mean, you can you can pimp yourself out if you'd like. If you want people to yeah, find you, uh, or if you think there's any events or causes or anything people should know about, you know, for sure. Yeah, uh, you can. I'm a part of being freed from the traps of uh, the education system is I actually enjoy my hobbies now. Um, So I started an art Instagram. Uh, So if any of y'all are like into doing a uh, an art challenge, an X-Men art challenge right now. It's very gay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, you can find me on Instagram at uh, mixesart, M-X-E-S-A-R-T. Um, okay. And 
yeah, just, um, you know, support kids, love kids, trust them. They're fucking cool. Um, (laughs) they're, they can be shitheads, but I being, being like in the trenches with them, I, I do feel hopeful for like the next generation, I guess. That's, that's really fucking awesome to hear. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. It's, it sounds like really cool to be like a queer teen right now. I think it is is, for sure. Like even like, you know, I have a student in high school who, you know, is cisgender, but she's like, I noticed that the gender neutral bathrooms are always fucking locked. And she's like, she's making a big stink about it at her high school. And I'm like, that's so great. Like, (laughs) like, just like crying all the time. I'm like, (laughs) that would be me. I'm I'm like constantly crying. I'm like, I'm just so proud of you. (laughs) Yeah, I would would lose my shit every day. I'd just be like, thank you for talking talking to me about this. I'm so proud of you. You know, all that. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's awesome. I mean, imagine being a teenager and caring about more than yourself that's fucking unheard of and oh, and i no feel shit. like nowadays <laughs> it's not nowadays it's cool mm-hmm. to help out give be a, part of causes get a get get involved and give a shit and not because you're getting credit for it or you're get you know it's it's counting toward gym class or whatever the fuck weird shit you used to be able to do i remember because no, it's the right fucking thing to do yeah mm-hmm. it's, that shit is fucking awesome and you know I was gonna say, God bless the youth of America. <laughs> That's not what I wanted to say at all, but okay, whatever. I'm really there. bringing God into this episode. Somehow. Yeah, I guess I like, said Jesus like twelve times. Me, I don't know. That's because edu- educators are like gods, are they not? You're shaping the young minds of the yeah. next generation. I'll but, take yeah. it. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you again, Haley, for being on the screw. Fuck yeah. Yeah. You thank were, you so much for having me. Hell yeah. We should have you on in the future. More often. Well, Absolutely. well I would like to actually, you know, follow up with you at some point and check in and see, you know, any new experiences that you want to talk about as a counselor. And since it's so new for you now, I'd be so interested to see what it's like in maybe even a year from now. So we'll yeah. definitely have uh, yeah. to follow up with you in the future. And thank you again for being on. You you really um, gave us some insight that I really wasn't expecting. So it was pretty awesome. Oh, good. I'm so <laughs> yeah, glad. Yeah, seriously. It was super cool. Awesome. I, I definitely echo that sentiment for sure. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Awesome. See y'all next time, motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, that's how we'll end that one. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs>